0: Welcome back to the show. This is Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul, and it is time to start season three. Hello, everybody. Oh, my goodness. I have missed you all so much. It has been such a long time since season two ended. I am sorry that I was gone for so long, but I am back and better than ever, ready to rock out Season 3 and really bring it to the house this time. It has been a marvelous, marvelous spring for me, and I'm so excited to be able to share with you guys everything that's going on. We're going to change up the format a smidge bit compared to what I did in Season 1 and Season 2. Season 1 was a lot of me going over articles I read and things that I found interesting. I'm definitely going to bring that back because Season 2 was all interviews I had come up with Eight really astounding people that I was really excited to introduce you all to. I hope that you've enjoyed those episodes. Go back, check them out, jump on Twitter. Hashtag Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul. It's supremely long. That'll eat up at least 40 characters on Twitter, which is just as well, because you don't really need that many characters anyways to say stupid stuff. Just ask everybody who tweets on the regular. What are we going to talk about in Season 3? There is so much. Um finally really starting to get the life coaching off the ground and starting to see some headway in that. I'm working for an amazing company that helps entrepreneurs and coaches them through the process of just figuring out what exactly their message is, eliminating their competition through doing that. It's a fantastic endeavor that I'm on. I will be bringing up some of that. I'm launching my very first program that will be hitting the internet uh, by the end of June, early July at the latest, I am fast pumping that out. I'm really excited about that. Working on a couple different names, so I'm not going to divulge that and then have you guys all go out there and search for it and then maybe me be wrong. So that when that comes out, there'll be a special podcast just for that. Really excited about what's going on with there. I'm really excited about everything. I mean, everything is interesting to me. That is never going to change. What have I been up to? Um, so I have had some huge milestones lately. I am only two days away from my brand new car to me. Uh, my little Hyundai Santa Fe is almost 400 days old in my life. It is at 398 as we speak, so on Thursday I will have to be able to celebrate 400 days of it. I just hit 500 days of sobriety eight days ago. If I had a way of making an applause sound, I would because that excites me so much. I could not be happier with that decision. Um, although I say that knowing that each day I am happier. So uh, one of my favorite things to say when I go to my meetings and, and to introduce myself is that uh, today is the de- best day of my life because I woke up sober, and that will always be the case. Um, overall, I would say that sobriety has been a marvelous journey. There has been some really great um, key lessons that i've taken from this, most importantly, I believe, and I really feel this deeply at the bottom of my heart. making the decision to stop drinking alcohol was easy in comparison to everything that i've experienced since and let me let me let me expound upon that for a moment because when you Find that something is no longer serving you in life. You have to make a decision for yourself. Do I excommunicate this vice, substance, person, habit, belief, thought pattern, whatever it might be, whatever is no longer serving you? If you know that taking it out of your life is going to ultimately make at least, I wouldn't say your life easier because life is what it is, Um, I don't think that life at any point really truly gets easy. But you can at least start to remove some of the heavy anchors that weigh you down. And for me, alcohol and my dependency upon it, to have a good time, to socialize, to relax, to numb myself from feelings that I didn't want to have, all of the above and so much more. I'll go into depth on that in later, um, later podcasts. I've got some really cool ideas for that but when you make that decision to take something that has been a part of your life for over 20 years, I, I truly did see it as a divorce and, and having never been married, I can't say that I know what going through a divorce is like when it comes to a relationship, but I certainly can understand what it comes to when it's something that has been such an integral part of my existence for so long. Um, I like really I talk with my mindset mentor, AKA my therapist, AKA Melissa, um, when I talk to her about this, you know, and I've had a, I've had to kick some people off my bus in the last 508 days, um, some that I thought would be there longer and some that I thought had been there too long, but you've got to look at all people who come into your life as a reason, season, or lifetime, and there's lessons to be learned regardless of how short or long they're in your life. You know, I can be walking down the street and a homeless person could ask me for a dollar and... Something about that moment truly touches me, and I've learned a lesson. If nothing else, it doesn't even have to touch me. Honestly, guys, you can just look at that person, and whether I give them a bottle of water or a dollar or not, just realizing, um, you know how blessed I am to have the mental aptitude to carry on living the life that I do gives me enough happiness, um, to realize that I, you know, I am blessed in so many regards. And I don't know that person's story who just asked me for assistance, but I can be fruity pretty safe bet that uh, 99 times out of 100, they're probably not wanting to be where they're at. Uh, I say all that um, just because the humbleness and the, and the gratefulness that I go into sobriety with is uh, extremely important to me, uh, and it's something that my mindset mentor really instilled into me deeply. And uh, going back to her, you know, with that whole reason, season, or lifetime thing, is you. You, I feel like I've lost my train of thought I don't remember where I was going with this. <laughs> but there was a point. Um about what was it? I said I had to excommunicate people from my life that you have. so oh a divorce okay so you know it's when you have to get somebody out of your life for whatever reason that might be you are forced to come to deal face to face with the the thought process that you invited them into your life and now you're asking them to leave or you're just turning your back and you're walking away. Um, but either way, every, you know, both parties played 100% of a role. Not 100% to share 50-50, but they each played 100% in what went on during that reason, season, or lifetime period. And that's how I got onto the the homeless thing because, I mean, that's the reason. you know, And whereas a season could be somebody... Um, that came into your life for for merely you know three six nine twelve months and in a lifetime can be a friend that you carry on. It doesn't even have to necessarily be your entire life, but if it's a long enough occurrence that you know, for me, I can call up some of my friends and I haven't talked to them in years, and it's like we never missed a beat. That, that's a lifetime kind of friend, and they're in your life for for you know a purpose to teach you something, for you to teach them something, for there to be a interp- interpersonal communication there that goes beyond just. You know the reason time period or the season. And in many cases, somebody will be all three. And they can also transfer and they can have the reason, they have the season, and they have the lifetime. I just feel like I enjoy saying that right now. I feel like it was rolling off my tongue. Reason, season, lifetime. Um, So, you know, um, because I did get out of a relationship a couple months back, and the amount of knowledge that I gained from that brief six months was... I mean, like like my mentor says, it was you know the best boot camp that I could have ever gone through as far as learning um, what it is I'm going to expect out of a relationship and from myself in a relationship and from the other person in a relationship moving forward. It was absolutely fantastic for so many reasons and ultimately will be looked at through rose-colored glasses because that's my nature is to do that. And I've done that with so many aspects of my life in this sobriety. I don't go back and um, wish I hadn't made a decision, you know, for all the times that I got myself into trouble, that I set myself back in school, that I watched relationships fizzle, degrade, fall apart before my eyes, and I would would blame myself. And in many cases, it was me playing my 100%, um, and I can only take credit for my 100%. I can't take credit for that other person's 100%. They are going to act and do whatever they want to do, I likewise will do the same. And so as I go through this amazing journey, you know, I wear, I know I wear one of my favorite pieces of jewelry now is a one year chip that I went and got from a local AA store over in WeHo. And I love wearing that. It's something I wear with pride. The just very, I, I don't like being proud. There's an ego basis to that. If you guys can, you know, I'm sure you guys can get that. You know, if you have a, if you're extremely proud about something, you're not pumping your chest about it, then it's almost like there's an ego involved. And the first thing I realized, to, especially the last five months of my drinking life, is that I don't have... That version of me has nothing to be proud about um, and, and should not um, be walking around pounding his chest. Uh, and I did a lot of successes from 18 to 40 in spite of myself Um but there's also a lot to be said for for being congratulatory to that version of me. Um, not proud, but congratulatory because through all of it, I always knew that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And I consistently stayed upbeat, um, even at University of Florida, when I would allow my addiction to really start to, to drive and, and fuel the direction in my life. Whether it be uh, Prid or C or Rob or, or Craig or uh, you know numerous amounts of friends um, that stepped in between me and the bottle and said, "Dude, there's another way." Especially Prid. he's the one who got me into the gym, and you know uh, I'll go into some more about my fitness level later. But you know I look back at the people who got in my way of alcohol and started to tell me there was another way to go about things. I look about at my actions throughout my 20s, and how I did stay in school, how I got really good grades considering, and even in my 30s, uh, you know, whether it was going overseas and spreading the mom's ashes in 15 countries over the course of a year, whether it was moving to Sofla, hanging out with Craig for a minute before I moved out to La La Land. Um, I did a lot of amazing stuff, and while I'm not going to sit here and and be proud of the way that I drank and the way that I carried about myself, I mean, there was a, 18 to two year period, 18 month to two year period here in Los Angeles, where I barely touched the drinks. Um, I remember when I started smoking again. People asked me why, and I was like, "Because I, I, I want to start binge drinking again." I'm gonna go into that story a little bit more on another episode, but I, I promise you, I remember being at a Second City party and somebody asking me why I was smoking cigarettes, and that was my response: "It's because I wanted to start binge drinking again." And did I ever? It's like I picked up and never, never lost a beat. Mmm, badois break. So, and again, I I don't want to, this to seem like a rambling, nonsensical, you know, diatribe of a madman here. I'm going somewhere with this, and as much as I can, considering I'm just riffing, I, I really just wanted to say hello, and I'm back. Um, but this is important, because if you're going through something in your own life, where you say, well, I've, I've been this for so long, how can I be any different? Or you're hanging your identity on the vice, the habit, the belief, the ritual, whatever it is to you. And you go into saying, well, if I've always been, let's just use me as an example, because I am the one with the microphone and you are the one listening and I appreciate you for that. If I am the one who's drinking, and then I've always been an alcoholic. One of the last conversations I ever had with my mother was her arguing back at me that I wasn't an alcoholic. I was just bored, and I needed to start to do something with my life, starting to create. She said this about a week before she passed away, and that was in 07, February 14th, 2007. And, um, you know, I remember arguing back. I was like, you know, I'm creative here at UF, and I'm still not becoming the higher version of myself. I'm still not hitting my meant-to-be and I truly believe alcohol is the reason for that. I'm I'm hanging on to that anchor. I'm clutching on to that beer bottle for dear life because as long as I can blame my failings and my my unsuccesses on the fact that I drink copious amounts of booze, then I never have to deal with the fact that I, I haven't seen something really to fruition. And, um, you know, mind you, so after I'd already graduated college and, and had done some pretty great things, but I still felt like I hadn't reached my meant-to-be uh, when I came to the turning point after I broke my leg on August 13th, 2016, uh, August 13th, 2016, when I broke my leg um, and tore up all the tendons and ended up stuck in my bedroom for three months and didn't reach out to anyone and no one came over and I'm not even sure anyone realized the depths of despair I hit. It was um, over the course of those first three months uh, putting myself down, I mean, goodness gracious, um and then following that, the November and December where I tried to go back to work, and I'm amazed that I didn't get fired from that job on because I was uh, just a bleep show, um I look back at all of that and I realize all of those lessons were important, and all the little victories I had were important, but as I pulled myself up off my floor on January twelfth and I think I pulled myself up on my floor multiple times over the course of that last week. That last week was like the final hurrah. I was really, I was trying to circle the drain and I don't even think it was my intention. I think I was just on a mission, like uh, the Blues Brothers were on a mission from God to just drive myself Toontz's style right over the cliff. Toontz's, you're driving so well today. No, Toontz's, look out. That was me. And when I made that decision, I had fight. it was like it was the last straw. It was like when you had a relationship with someone when you've had you know someone in your life and you've fought back and forth and you think I this can work, we can fix this, we can communicate our way through this. This is what I thought I could do with alcohol for you know the last few years uh, 2012, 13 was bad, 14 not as bad, 15 was really bad, 16 was just atrocious and as I started to watch that relationship with alcohol dissolve into madness, and watched my b- actions become so controlled by this, you know, inanimate object, this thing that I was putting into my body, um, you know, I've got a book in mind that I'm that I've been piecing together over the last few years called uh, My Life Without Crohn's, Looking up at the bottom of a bottle, and how so many of the actions that I was trying to numb started at childhood. Um, I've got a couple of very specific memories, but definitely when my mom was misdiagnosed with out, they misdiagnosed her and didn't realize she had Crohn's in 1984. And that turned into like a two year battle with surgeries. And so many of the habits that I began to clutch onto into my teens and twenties and thirties, and I'm still um, ripping away came from that time period. And, so you wake up one day and you realize, wow, I've been spending a whole lot of time numbing the pain and hiding from the emotions mm-hmm. and thinking I was broken then just thinking I was damaged mm-hmm. and you know, just not really knowing what, were th- what where were this all going to go. Whether you or someone you truly love, fa- family, friend, relationship, whatever, it, you know someone like this. That knows that what they're doing with their life isn't going to work anymore, but there's just a a hang-up. There's a self-confidence, a self-worth, a self-esteem, a self-love, a self-actualization. All of these things tying in, in these limiting beliefs that say, well, I am this, so I can't be that. And you know they want to break free from it. And it's, it's, this is what I've been working on. This is what I did. This is what I do every single day. Is I, I'm constantly looking for the way to level up. Find something interesting in life. Find something new to experience. Find something new to love. Find something just new to have in my in my echo sphere. You know, it's got to be. You know, I I say I love I love trance music. You know, one thirty eight, Van Buren, uh, Armin. For those of you in the know, Tiësto. Um, I'm just there's so many others. I mean, Ali and Fila lately have been tearing me up, loving them. But the point is, is like I believe that the earth puts out an energy that is music, and to, and to me that is transcendent. It's that feeling that I get uh, whenever it just it, I live for that energy. I live for that energy, and that, that's the name of an Armin song. And I love that song because that is exactly how I live my life. I live for energy. I live to push myself outside of my comfort zone. I live for knowledge and to find new things that are interesting and to meet new people and to talk to them and and perhaps even conversate with them and maybe put a microphone in their face and say, let's really talk about why it is you chose the path that you chose, why it is that you decided to make this something that was so passionate in your life. What is it that you think of when the moment you wake up every single day your feet hit the ground so that you can do this thing you can love this person you know you can be this version of yourself and and that's where I wake up every day thinking you know you can't love an object you can't love your career you, you can't even really love anyone else until you truly can look at yourself in the mirror and you don't have to be madly in love with yourself all the time, but you certainly can't be walking around beating yourself up in your head on a day-to-day basis with the negative self-talk. I have worked tremendously on that over the last 508 days. Um, I will always love myself more the next day than I did today because each day that I wake up, I'm waking up sober and it's another amazing day in my life. So each day my love for myself grows. I haven't felt a dislike or hatred towards myself in 508 days. Uh, It's just not possible. There's not any part of me that can wake up and not be happy with Jesse's actions because I'm waking up sober regardless of everything else that could be going on, regardless of that I've upset somebody or that I maybe didn't work as hard or that I you know, didn't fulfill a certain obligation I wanted to or I didn't stick to my calendar the day before and get on my schedule the right way, all of that because I'm building something here. I'm making something amazing happen in my life, and each day is another day closer to that. It's uh, one of the reasons why you know I went from over, I mean, uh, 233 with clothes was what I weighed in at at Kaiser, um, I just hit 164 this morning. It was always my intention. Whenever I, I remember being in tears when I checked into the hospital, and they were, uh, and I couldn't believe the weight. I couldn't believe how I looked. And the nurse asked me. I was like, I, I, I remember she told me 233. I was like, that can't be. Like I can't. That this is unacceptable. This, this, who I am right now is unacceptable. And uh, she asked me what I wanted to fix, and I was like, my, my body. I was like, I, I'm destroying myself. It's how come I'm here? she asked me right then, what what would you rather be weighing if not 233? And without even thinking about it, I just said, I'd like to weigh how much I did the summer I graduated high school before I started drinking. And I only know 165 because you have to get a physical to go to Ball State back then. I'm sure it's a thing now too. And I just remember that being my weight. And so I was like 165. And I'm a 40-year-old. I am know, 40 year old i do not know how it's going to be possible. I didn't even think about it then, but I set it out as a mission and I set it out as a goal and it took me 16 and a half months, but by goodness gracious, I did it and now I can turn it back around and start putting back. I've got great muscle structure. Um, I very, very happy with the progress that I've made. You don't shed, you know, 35 pounds below 233. So what is that? 68. So you don't shed 68 pounds and not look tremendously different. Um, and now I get to turn that around and start putting muscle back on. And I remember thinking then this would probably be a three or four year project and I'm right on course for that. And I say all of that because at some point I'm going to talk to you guys more in depth about that because it's extremely important. It's It's what fuels me. It gives me the structure that I need in my life. And that's ultimately what all of this comes down to. Doing the podcast, doing the meetups, putting together the program, getting things on the internet going out and get myself public speaking gigs. It's all a structure. It's all on a schedule. It's all on a plan to one day have my own TV show where I help other people heal using neuro-linguistic programming and, and some of the other techniques I've learned, but very much so with the neuro programming because I've graduated from a couple different um, workshops of that. You know, I'm a master practitioner in that now and, and executive coach and hypnosis and all this other stuff. And it's all with... The direction, all with the purpose of having my own TV show to help other people to heal, to serve, so other people don't have to sit here and wallow around in a pool of alcohol for decade after decade, trying to figure out why they aren't being the success they want in their life, or trying to f- why can't they shed this? Um, Self worth is where it all comes down. It, it if you don't look at yourself and think that you're worthy, then what can you possibly truly? begin to achieve. Even if you continue, even if you're making great money, even if you've got a big house and a nice car, even if you've got the beautiful husband or wife, like it's, there will be something in one of your three spheres, self-relationship career, that suffers because you don't believe that you are worthy. And this is something that I'm. I've decided to make my goal in life is to get people to realize they're worthy. I am the perfect person to do that because for my most of my life that I can remember I've always been battling with am I worthy of all of this even when my family was wealthy when I was a kid I was battling with or do why do we deserve this when my other friends don't have this when my mother got sick you know it's like I, I knew other kids whose parents died you know it's like what makes me worthy of this versus not worthy of that or what makes me more worthy than anyone else and that's that's that is a dog chasing its tail right there. You will do not win when you think of your life in comparison to other people. You have to stay in your own lane and you have to start to follow your path. Uh I remember when I skateboarded for a little bit back when I was a kid, everybody would say, Well you have you, you'll get you'll get your own style And I used to think, Well, what does that mean? Because you When you do a kickflip or you do an ollie or, you know, 520, whatever, I don't remember the terms anymore, um, everybody does the trick the same. But how you dress, talk, walk, how you enter the trick, how you exit the trick, those are all going to be your own style. And that's what you have to look for in life is what is your own style. Yes, there are certain things that just get done in the exact same order, no matter what, and you may feel like you don't have control over that, but you have control over who you are as a person when you do it, the kind of energy you send out to the universe, the kind of energy that you receive back from people, Your what your belief systems, I mean, we are not our beliefs, we are not our thoughts, we are not our emotions, we're not even our actions, we are our soul, we are the essence of who we are. You can make a mistake and you can... You know, you can uh, do some damage to your car, you can do some damage to your house, you can do some damage to your life, you can hurt someone else, that doesn't mean that that is who you are all the time. That just means it's something that you did right then. And that, you, that it's nothing to be looked upon uh, and constantly beating yourself up over. I don't remember who told me this, but somebody in the last, I'd say, f- six months to a year said that this to me, and I, and I loved it, that humans are the only species on the planet that continuously have to pay for a misdeed and look at it you know if a baby cub runs off into the woods and runs away from its mom I mean barring that it gets eaten by another animal or shot by a hunter let's assume that the animal comes back unscathed that cub isn't paying for that mistake for the rest of its life it learns from it at the moment and then both the mama and the cub go on and it's it's a learning moment that they both understand just happened and whatever kind of lesson and teaching wisdom comes from it, comes from it and they move on with humans. You know, you make a mistake, you, you upset your significant other. Uh, Let's say you cheat on your husband or wife and regardless of whether the relationship lasts or not. Now, every single time, you know, they want to get back at you, they'll bring that up. And every time you think of it, you'll feel guilty. And every time they bring it up, you'll feel guilty. And it's constant, this guilt, shame circle that it's like, what was a lesson wisdom teaching take it learn from it move on don't continuously beat yourself up don't find somebody else's faults and continuously harp on them and beat them up and if you can't do that with yourself then you're definitely not going to be able to do it with other people i truly 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 believe that even if you don't do it to their face you'll do it to them in your head you'll do it to them behind their back you'll just you'll do it to them and if you're out there beating somebody's ass over a mistake they made 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago. More than likely, you're the kind of person who's beating themselves up over the same kind of crap they did to themselves, you know, X amount of time ago. And so, when I think we all do this. I mean, I do it. Uh, I, t- trust me. I I've, have had a wallow in a lot of limiting belief kind of emotions in order to figure out what the wisdom, teaching, learning was from it and, you know, lift myself up out of the situation, see it from the sky view, see it from the fly, be very perceptual positioning about this. And when I do that, you know, let your mind think about the bad thing. Let your mind learn. I mean, that's ridiculous not to. You know, coming out of that relationship, I see, you know, I'll speak solely on my faults and, and not bring in any other kind of uh, attention to what she may have done myself alone it's like the, it's like within minutes of that relationship ending it's like a flood of all of this information that I had been holding it back the truth and what I, my actions were and what I could have done better and, and they just started to come out you know I knew that it was going to take a long time to process all of that but I sat in it I I actually as much as it was you know there was a lot of regret um and guilt on my part for for the things I could have done better and that that will be in a podcast in the future because I think this is going to be part of my relationship coaching is that if you if if you see what you're not doing correctly and you still hold your tongue and you still, you, you see what the other person's doing, you see what you're doing and you're not speaking to it and you're not really communicating about it the way that you could be. And this goes with guys with all kinds of relationships. This could be with your, this could be your teacher, your, your kid's teacher. This could be with the frickin' baker. The baker slices your bread too frickin' thick and you don't say anything about that. You know, then you're, you're letting, these are little resistances. And when you let enough of these little resistances in a relationship, you know, they leave their dish in the sink um, they don't text or call when they say they will or they're short with you or they do they do something that irks you, right? You build up enough of these resistances, you will flow right into resentment. And once you start to resent somebody, things that once were cute, once were adorable, what, things that you once enjoyed about somebody, they become moot at that point. And now it's like where you used to find happiness, now you don't. And trust me, look at some of the things in your life with people that you're friends with or you live with or co-workers, you know, maybe the co-workers sitting over there tapping their pen on the desk and you let that go over and over and over again, you're building up this resistance and at some point you're going to snap at them. At some point you're not going to even want to have lunch with them anymore because you've built up this resentment. Once you've built up the resentment, rejection is right around the corner. You're going to reject them. You're going to reject yourself for still having that person in your life. You're going to reject that yourself for not speaking up sooner. But now you've let 20 resistances pass that have turned into five resentments, and now you're just at rejection. And no one likes to feel rejection. So you're going to go back to the reptilian brain. You're going to go back to the fight or flight response and you're immediately going to put up your guard and you're going to be ready to duke it out. And no and no kind of confrontation is going to work out well when you're coming at it from a fight or flight response. You've got to get out of that reptilian brain. You've got to get out of that, that emotional mammalian brain and you've got to get up to the logical thinking. And that's you know, that, a lot of people think that's counterintuitive. You know, get out of the emotion and get into the logic to start to be able to hammer uh, out a disagreement. Emotion is great. I love emotion. I have never had more of it in my entire life than I have had since I got sober. I don't like to make decisions from an emotional state, however, and this will be something that I dive into much more in the future. Um, much more. In general, it is at the 30 minute mark. Uh, This is just, I mean this will not all be a rambling uh, of the madman. This is just where my mind is at. It is truly honed. It is truly focused. It is truly just in the most amazing place that I could have ever hoped for that it has ever been. Uh, My 42nd birthday is coming up in 10 days. And I'll be going and hiking out with some friends in uh, the San Jacinto National Forest. I'm going to Mexico City in July to visit one of my old friends from a workplace here in L.A. Um, If everything works out correctly and we get our passes, I'll be climbing Mount Whitney at the end of August and into September. Bidouin break. And, um, yeah, so this is episode one of season three Everything I've just discussed and so much more is going to come out of this season. I've got special uh, Maintaining Momentum Monday segments that are going to be coming out. I've got a really cool uh, idea for my Wednesday segment. It's called the No Alcohol Required Welcome to Hump Day Happy Hour. Or was it No Alcohol Required Welcome to Happy Hour Hump Day? Um, So it might be Hump Day Happy Hour. It might be Happy Hour Hump Day. I don't know, but that's going to be my little Wednesday where I start to talk about my sobriety. In ways that I have been able to groan on Mondays, I'll talk about maintaining momentum and um, how you can use self-worth and confidence and start changing your limiting beliefs and start changing the way that you judge yourself inside your head to better do your life. And then on Fridays, I think I'll just leave it up to something interesting I've read that week. And I'm really excited about that because that was the whole reason I started this podcast to begin with. I have a couple other podcast ideas, a book idea, program ideas. This is going to be a fantastic year. I am so excited that you guys are going to be along for the ride to share it with. As always, hit me up on Facebook, at Media Mogul. Um, I'm a little worried about that name because of all the, the... Fake news, media is a bunch of fake liars thing. I'm like, is media the best thing to have in the title of my name right now? I don't know that answer. <laughs> but I've got a program coming out within the next 30, 45 days. I've got a book that I'll be looking to launch uh, right around the my two-year anniversary of my sobriety day to the anniversary of my mother's passing. And so that will be um on so somewhere between January 13th 2019 and February 14th 2019 I've already um about 50 pages into it uh, it's been absolutely fun as hell to write. I'm a much better editor than I am a writer, so getting all of that out of my head onto paper so that I can go back through and actually make it um cohesive and readable. <laughs> all of the above thank you guys so much for sticking with me for all of this this has been such an amazing journey so far uh the destination is i am presuming sometime around the year uh what's 50 years from now 2068 2068 would make me 92 so Got about 50 more years on this little swirling rock, and I'm looking forward to um, autonomous vehicles and sex robots. Uh, No, I didn't say that out loud. Who would want that? That's ridiculous. Um, I'm looking forward to everything the future brings me, but especially I am most looking forward to day 509, which is merely 11 hours away from me. So much love, everybody. Welcome back. It is season three. Thank you so much for joining me. Take care of yourself. We'll be in touch.